If you love nature, conservation, stunning wilderness, spectacular landscapes, oh, and of course, fabulous wine, then this is the episode for you. Today, we are talking all about the most southern wine tasting and wine cellar door in the world. He is owned by Greg Hay, and these are his words. Why on earth would you name a wine brand after one of the most remotest, wettest, farthest from an actual vineyard place in New Zealand? Well, that place he's talking about is called Wet Jacket Arm, and the wine brand is Wet Jacket Wine. We share the fascinating history of the name, why Greg loves it so much, and how he has come to build one of the most popular brands from central Otago in New Zealand. Of course, Lyle geeks out on why the wine tastes so good and we share all about Wet Jacket's very unique way of sharing those wines with people who can't get to visit the tasting rooms. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you, we also divulge where you can taste the wine if you are in this part of New Zealand and a special way you can get there. And I have to say, it is another venue with a spectacular view that only this area of New Zealand can deliver. Stay listening to the end to hear where Greg recommended a brand new restaurant to us and where this restaurant is and what we had to to eat and you know there's nothing like a local to give you the best info and of course the wine and views that we enjoyed on the waterfront in Queenstown. To sum up this episode we talk about pristine nature, delicious wine, charismatic locals and dramatic awe-inspiring views. So please enjoy episode 78. Hey hospitality enthusiasts, are you part of the vibrant worlds of travel, wineries, restaurants, tourism or distilleries? Imagine showcasing your unique business on our podcast, this podcast you're listening to now. Picture an episode dedicated to your story, business and the magic of your region. We're all about sharing extraordinary tales with our listeners, whether you're crafting exceptional spirits, curating culinary delights, guiding travellers, running a tourism venture or creating fine wines, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. Let's explore what makes your spot and story stand out. If you're excited to share the magic of your business, get in touch. Click the link in the podcast description, or you can email me, leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, at beachtravelwine.com. Let's spotlight what makes your business exceptional, so we can't wait to hear your incredible story. Morning, Lyle. How are you going? Morning, Miss World. How are you? I'm really well. So, Lyle, today's episode's a little bit different, isn't it, from um, some of our previous episodes. We're not just talking about travelling to, to, to a region. What, what we're doing in this one is actually we've been and interviewed somebody, which was a, a first for us, and um, you want to say, who, like, why we've interviewed this guy? Yeah, yeah. Look, before we left Australia, we had arranged through uh, family friends, Trapper and Anna Davis, to interview their close friend, Greg Hay, the owner of Wet Jacket Wines. And these people are located in Queenstown in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we just really, I mean, when we talked about going to New Zealand, we wanted to sort of... Um, well, we love the wine. We love Central Otago wine. We've been yeah, there before. Yeah, we're yeah. probably... This, I think this was our fourth visit mm. to, to Queenstown, and each time the wine is just outstanding. And, and now we're doing the travel podcast. We thought, wouldn't it be great to talk to somebody who is... who really encapsulate that this region in their wine and this guy couldn't be any more perfect yeah i was going to say he was perfect but yeah. it was funny but before we actually did we uh, mention his name yet <laughs> uh, yeah oh greg hay yeah, yeah um anyway uh before we actually um went to interview greg yes we went to a bottle shop and we found um a, a bottle wet of jacket, his wine yeah a wet mm-hmm. jacket pinot gris yeah. and actually when we told greg 
he didn't even know they actually stopped it. So I think what it is is that I think his explanation was that it was probably the the owner of a restaurant mm. where that does have his wine yeah. may have a uh, correlation with that particular bottle shop. But okay. the, the actual well, let's talk about um, a little bit about Greg first um, and who he is. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and and then we'll talk about the the wine because it's a fascinating story of the, the name itself. It's a fascinating story, let alone. You know, but you'll get the the um the idea of you know Greg's obvious passion for this area and, and wine making because he didn't start with wet jacket wines, did he? No. No, he started off. Um, well, actually, to, to to be honest, he was he's a young local bloke, mm. and he uh, uh, he went to school locally and he got his commerce degree. Yeah, and he didn't like that, did he? No, he realised that that really wasn't his go. And after actually meeting him, you meeting, can imagine you, that. Yeah. yeah, you can understand he why. He needs to be out being charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, he so he, he went he went and got a job in Conroe's and realised that that wasn't his his go. So then he decided that he was going to, like a lot of Kiwis and also Australians in the seventies, go over to Europe. Mm-hmm. And over in Europe, he uh, was exposed to the wine industry there. So when he actually came back, he his first wine was uh, established with his brother Rob. I think it was nineteen eighty seven, and um, his uh, uh, Rob. Uh, so his brothers Rob Hay and Chard Farm mm. uh, was really one of the very very first wineries in Central Otago that has become very successful mm. and is still very successful. And mm. yeah, there, Chard the Chard Farm takes pride in being entirely estate grown, mm. drawing grapes from diverse vineyards situated in the Gibston, Lowburn and Parkburn subregions of central Otago. And I'm just going to throw in here, we, we are going to do another podcast sort like on a whole lot of different wineries in this area, but central Otago is the most southern wine region in the world, yeah? That's, That's correct, yeah. yeah. It's um, a 45 degrees south. Okay. Yeah. So, and then after Chard Farm. So he Farm, came back in the 80s, started up Chard Farm with his brother, did that for quite a while, you know, was a pioneer in the area, and then. Yeah, until in the, in the late 1990s, yeah. um, he sort of went and, I suppose, um, got some. Diversified a bit? Yeah, he diversified a bit. He actually founded uh, Peregrine, Peregrine Wines. Yes. Um, and he got together with some other share, shareholders. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Peregrine Wines is very, very well known and a quite a large uh, winery now these days. And in 2003, he was joined by Fraser and Lindsay McLaughlin. Um, and so. So that's sort of his background. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but I'm sure he was planning this for a while, he started out on his own. With yeah, a, that's right. And yeah. he had like a winemaking friend, didn't he? Yeah, he's, his winemaker um, uh, is Peter Bartel. Yes. So they um, joined forces and... Um, started Wet Jacket Wines. And started Wet Jacket Wines, yeah, mm. basically, yeah. So and the thing, um, is there anything else you want to tell me about? Um, the the history of Greg and why he's so good at making wine, is, or can I move on to the history of I've just this wet jacket wine name just fascinates me. That's all Look, me. I think just a couple of things. Yeah. That, um, Greg has has decided to focus on wet jacket wines, mm. while his vision is to keep the brand small and personal with a focus on unique storytelling ethos. With a production of between two thousand and three thousand cases a year, wet jacket is a boutique 
boutique winery with Cellador as the only retail outlet and online sales. While main production focuses on some Pinot, Pinot Noir and Yum. Pinot Gris. Yes. Yes. We, we Stop it. Yes, okay. <laughs> you will also see other grape varietals such as Riesling, Gouwitz, Tramoner, Rosé, Savbon and Chardonnay. Okay, now. You this, are... yeah, I do. Like this is um, a quote from Greg, on, which is, you know, right on the sort of a page, their website, and I'm just going to say you I'm going to put a link to their website in the uh, show notes because it is amazing. You know, it's not just wine, as you'll find out um, in a little while. Now, this is what Greg said. Why, you know, like he's, he's questioning himself, right? Why on earth would you name a wine brand after one of the most remotest, wettest, farthest from an actual vineyard place in New Zealand? <laughs> like, and that place is called Wet Jacket Arm. Right, and can you tell us about Wet Jacket Arm because it's a fascinating story, isn't it? It's unbelievable. And yeah. look, to be honest, both Leanne and I, when we first met Greg, it, he's he's so charismatic. Mm. He has a smile. Yeah, he does. He, his smile, smile was warm. <laughs> yeah, and his yeah. demeanor was confident and reassuring, and his storytelling seriously really interesting and yeah. rewarding. So. Here we go. This is the story of Wet Jacket Wine, how it got its name. And so go and have a look at the show notes that go with this episode. Um, I'll put a link in the podcast description and you'll see some bottles with this, the Wet Jacket branding on it. And um, you, yeah, you'll, you'll see how it all fits together. It's fascinating. Go. Yeah, look, the Wet Jacket has a special place in Greg's heart, as well as its historical significance to New Zealand. New Zealand, sorry, having spent more than 20 years exploring Fiordland, predominantly in Tapatea, Dusky Sound, and Te Puataha, Break Sea Sound, and Wet Jacket Arm. Greg feels utterly at home here. He spends his time hunting and gathering using local delicacies for indulging his passion for cooking and creating wild food dishes. The actual name, Wet Jacket Arm, we was yep. attributed to Captain James Cook, yeah. who on his second trip to New Zealand in 1773 arrived on the ship, the Resolution, after 133 days at sea. He moored in Tamatea, or Dusky Sound, in a very tight, snug little cove, not much bigger than the vessel. The spot was called Pickersgill Harbour. He stayed here with his crew for approximately six weeks, during which time the longboats were sent out in all and every direction to record the depths of this amazing vast internal waterway. All right, just quickly, um, there's some pictures also uh, of how they did that. I think it's fascinating how they measured it, the, the, the longboats and things, and that's part of the, the brand as well. They've got that, which is, you know, on the website, fab. Yeah, really interesting. Sorry. With <laughs> with weighted drop lines, which is yep. what you're talking about, yep. on one of the longboat trips, the crew came back to Pickersfield after several days recording. Having been caught out in a ferocious fiordland storm, absolutely drenched, they were asked by Cook where they had been the past few days to attain this sodden state. From there, Wet Jacket Arm was added to the list of inventive place names. 
So it all came from Captain Cook's men who got saturated in their clothes and they called it Wet Jacket Arm. Yeah, yeah. and look... And, and Greg has a real affinity with this place, doesn't he? Oh, uh, look... Doubtful and, sound and, look, and dusky sound, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Wet Jacket Arm is a mesmerising boat trip heading inland to the absolute head of the arm. The hill... The hills in here seem to be the tallest. Yeah. The sheer faces with trees clinging precariously to them seem to be the tallest. And the waterfall after rain seemed to fall the furthest. Look, he was, he's, it's almost like he's infatuated by the place. He's and been going there every year. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. And he takes his staff there and he takes other people there. He's even got a, a boat called the Pembroke, you know, which I've got some pictures of, you know, where he, he, they go and they do conservation work. And there's, you know, like it, this is, the winery is one thing, but this wet jacket and his love for, the, the, this area and the conservation and it's pretty amazing isn't it yeah and i think he also he's he's very um what's the word he's uh fascinated by captain cook and the on what a fabulous uh navy person he was and actually when the new zealand navy went in to actually measure the depths with sonar and everything um they the, what captain cook had done was so accurate wow. and uh, really? yeah yeah seriously yeah, yeah really good and actually he um obviously captain cook um f uh discovered the, or calculated the uh latitude and longitude of new zealand so basically captain cook put new zealand on the map on the map well i guess we should get back to the the wine uh a little bit and this is where lyle geeks out a bit you know he's um and this is why the, the you know it's not really geeking out you're explaining why the wine in this area is is so good and it's because of the location really yeah all that's true including the fact that i geek out i, okay. I, I accept that and if, um, if I, geeking out on wine means you get to taste it well the other side is too is i also want to show as much respect as i can to greg um and you know what his business is so um, oh, and yeah, look in greg's words there are lots of places you can grow grapes there are lots of places you can make wine, but there's very few that have mm. got this sitting at their back door. Now, I wasn't sure whether, you know, whether Greg was talking about the views of the, you know. The Remarkables. Yeah, yeah, the views at the back <laughs> of the door. Water. Whether, yeah, whether it's the snow-capped mountains, the yeah. mirrored and spectacular Lake, Lake Wakapitu. Sorry, Wakapitu. Tipu, Tipu, Tipu. Tipu, yeah. Mm. I wrote that down wrong. Um, all the terraced vineyards, crystal clear rivers that spread out all over central Otago. Or mm. did he mean all the amazing natural advantages that central Otago provides? Oh, what would those amazing natural advantages be? Isn't it be? surprising that you ask me that? Mm. Greg prefers to source his grapes from the Comrol Basin, which has developed into central Otago's most significant wine growing subregion and a central for winemaking facilities as a result of its distinctive terrier and climate. Now, the terrier basically, takes in wine man's talk, is every like the All geography, the takes into everything the that, soil, yeah, that, that it affects, the sunshine, affects, the temperature, yeah, all yeah, the stuff, yeah, the grapes. So, right. the, the basin contains a, a variety of glacial and glacial-related sediments dating from the present to 650,000 years ago. So that's unique. Yeah, sure. Okay, then you've got the warm... Yeah, not all wine regions are glacial, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, what happens within that, those glaciers, and when it carves out the rock, 
there's different uh, soils and sediments that, that come with that. Sure. So that's why it makes it unique. Mm. The warm, semi-arid climate, sheath soil and seasonal temperature extremes make Cromwell ideal for grape cultivation. Now, like slate, sheets, <laughs> sheets, sheets. No, I think I got it right the first time. Sorry, Greg. But, um, but anyway, I, I, is a, do you want to spell it for me? It's S-C-H. I S T. Yeah. So if you took the S out, (laughs) anyway, we won't go there. Um, Is a metaphor, a metamorphic soil, meaning it formed when an intense bout of heat and pressure transform one type of rock into another. So there's all sorts of stuff going on in in the natural growing environment. That's what you're saying. Now the schist soil are comprised of hard, dense rocks that are layered with minerals. These soils are generally flaky, retain heat well, and create some of the world's biggest and boldest reds. So, Pinot Noir. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. like, you know, we talk about in Europe, the, the, the best wines are in these cooler climate areas, you yeah. know. So um, Cromwell has both terraces and valley floor that are running parallel to mountain ranges. Here, these are richer and fuller because they're from the valley floor. So. Mm-hmm. Sure, that explains that. itself. Yes. Cromwell's location also supports the extremely positive diurnal effect in relation to growing grapes. Now, diurnal is like the difference between the, the warmest temperature of the day and the coldest temperature at yeah, night. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. It's the difference between average daytime high temperatures mm. and the average nighttime low temperatures. Large diurnal shifts allow grapes to maintain high acidity and of course because it's at south 45 degrees that's again unique because it's it's the it's the furthest place south in the world that we both grow grapes this boot and now this boosts wine quality by postponing the drop in grape acidity and retains the desirable aromatics associated with early stage ripeness now the ripeness is you know, got to do with the sugar rate retention and all that sort of thing. So wine regions that are sunny and warm by day but cool off dramatically at night typically make the highest quality wines. Mm, so mm. it's, you know, it, it's, it looks like it's got everything going for it. So and then there's got, you've got other elements mm. unique to central Otago include the mountain range protection from the wild westerly roaring 40s winds on the west coast of New Zealand and that also has a rain shadow impact, that, now, which also limits the humidity, which decreases the pressure of grape diseases. However, mm. you can't have a go on your all your own way. No. You've got, there are problems with frost. Yep. Now, if the air temperature of a fog is below zero degrees centigrade, then the tiny water droplets remain in liquid form. However, if they come in contact with objects such as trees, leaves, and grapes, they freeze, mm. covering the surface with rime known as hoar frost. Yeah, so I grew up in a cold climate where there were frosts, and if um, it was a still night, um, you knew it was going to be frosty in the morning because the fog or the droplets you're saying lands and they freeze. They touch when they touch grass and the trees and that sort yeah. of thing. If there was a breeze at all, kept the air stirring, it didn't frost. Well, I'll tell you how they, they actually, yeah. 
it's just a, a pretty unique way. And, and actually, when Leanne and I found out about this, we were blown away, yeah, really, yeah. weren't we? One way to mitigate this problem is using helicopters, taking advantage of the rotor downward to help draw, uh, drawn down the, warm the warmer area. air yeah. from the inversion layers onto the grapes. It keeps the grape warmer, enhancing fr mm. uh, frost protection. Mm. Now, obviously, then it becomes... And they have big fans also as well. I've seen those yeah. as, as well as the helicopter. So yeah. basically, you've got to keep the air circulating so it doesn't settle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, Because sometimes in these colder climates, um, you can have a late frost, you know. So frost sort of in the winter don't don't, don't necessarily matter because the, 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 they haven't performed the grapes. But we're talking, you know, in spring and summer when the grapes are growing and, you know, if you have a severe frost, it can wipe out, you know, much of the... Um, the, the crop crop thank you that's the word i was looking for yeah, yeah. so look so th so there's all these geographic and you mm. know environmental um mm. pluses like advantages this area's got but yeah. then of course it comes down to the winemaker well yes but also you know you, you're saying all of that but when it comes down to it for a, a novice like me i appreciate i don't i wouldn't say you're a novice <laughs> wine drinker leonita well i was just saying for someone like me all that's interesting and fascinating but i just know now that you know you know this central otago has some of my favorite wines you know in in the world really absolutely and closely maybe followed by tasmania which again is a cold climate it is yeah and look it was quite funny when we were talking to to greg about um tasmanian wine and he loves tasmanian wine but he mm. made it very very clear that um where he is is at 45 degrees, whereas Tassie is at 42 or 43 degrees. Mm. So that couple of degrees uh, in Greg's um, calculation makes all the difference. <laughs> but although Greg, like he was really, really extremely generous with his praise for his viticulturist or stroke winemaker and mate, Peter Bartel, he did give the impression his own knowledge, experience and I think the word that really stuck to me was his instincts mm. um, regarding winemaking, obviously uh, are very, very important in mm. wet jacket wine. I'd actually say even that he's a bit of a risk taker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what, mate, it's funny you say that because when I, when I was doing all the information on this, I really got a, a correlation between Captain Cook's, you know, exploring and, and, and that sort of thing and... Um, his um, hunter-gathering sort of thing that, yeah, he was he likes the old style, but he's really an explorer as well sure. and, and uh, in Central Otago wine. So I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was wondering how I was going to, you know, include that. But yeah, I really got <laughs> yeah. the impression with yeah. that. So, But he, uh, one of the things that's very important to Greg is, you know, obviously, you know, the, the area, the winemaking, you know, all that stuff, but that he has a huge um uh concern of, like about conservation in in these sounds that, that, that yeah in that fact is, greg yeah. yeah greg's uh is a very passionate conservationist as well as the trustee for the fiordland conservation trust yes now he's so that's pretty impressive yeah look he's partnered up with uh real new zealand which is a a, a tourist company mm -hmm. down there in in uh in Milford Sound. Well, it's basically all in over. The fjord land. Yeah, 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 all around Queenstown. Yeah. Um, uh, now they've the 
They've um, got some wine that they sell yeah, on their tours. Yeah, basically, they've introduced wet jacket Putangi uh, yeah. Pinot Noir to its Fiordland wine list. So obviously, the boats that mm. do the cruises on that thing, food and wine, they that mm. that particular wine. Now, for every bottle of Butangi sold, $10 goes towards a conservation project in either Patea, which is the Maori name for doubtful, or Piopio Tahi, which is the Milford Sound. Mm. Now, as well as contributing through bottled sales, Wet Jacket are donating 50% of their salad door tasting fees to the projects. Now, there's a couple of projects. The projects include the monitoring of trap lines on Bowser Island, to maintain refuge for invertebrates and native tree species. And uh, they've also, uh, money goes directly to trapping uh, projects at Harrison Cove, known to be a habitat for Fjordland crested penguins, especially when they are most vulnerable during breeding and molting. Mm. The man that inspired Greg's amazing commitment to conservation was named Richard, don't you laugh, Leanne? Because <laughs> Lyle keeps telling me um, Greg's dedication to conversation. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, yeah, he does definitely have good conversation. Oh, well, he loves a good story. So, you know, I think his conversation about conservation is perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> Greg's commitment to conservation <laughs> there we go. Was, named, uh, uh, was named Richard Henry, who made it his singular mission to save as many birds as he could back in the 1800s. Yeah, so once again, we've got Greg and the history of this area you yeah, know, sure. coming, coming together again. So not just with, you know, the name and Dr. And Dr. Hook. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Hook. Oh, he probably knows, he knows who Sorry, Dr. Greg. Hook is. He I'm trying who... to keep it professional. I'm, but sure, he, I'm to... sure he knows who Dr. Hook is. But Dr. Dr. Oh, Captain Cook. Yeah. Right, and now he's got this other connection back in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, an and, early conservationist. Yeah, so that's so yeah. Mm. Obviously, Richard Henry inspired Greg in relation to the con- conservation. <laughs> there we go. Uh, although he eventually, although this is um, Richard Henry, eventually realised the rats and the ferrets could swim to his remote island. His determination inspired Greg to name their locally made wine, Putangi Wines, after the boat that Richard bravely traversed the rough southern straits. Lovingly named after his favourite bird. Right, okay. So, All right, perfect. So I think what we need to do, though, is is tell, tell our listeners, um, oh, something, have we talked, finished, you finished about Greg's conservation and conversation now? And Yes? Yes, I am. All right. Well, do you want to do tell people a little bit about um, some, the wines and what they taste like? Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be I'd, In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd rather than talking about it, I'd rather <laughs> be drinking, to be honest, Greg. But um, look, yeah, look, the wine, seriously, we, that first bottle we had before we met Greg, mm. it was like when we first tasted it, it was like, Imagine if we had wow. it and it was terrible and we just like, oh, yeah, we love your wine. But, like, once, nice. once we had it, we were even keen at it to, to go and meet meet with Greg and yeah. now we're even keen. It was, actually, it was quite funny because um, Greg actually did offer us uh, a, a wine tasting. Oh, he tasting. had all the wines yeah, out. Yeah, well, he had know? all the wines out. And, and we're like, no, offered... let's keep it professional. We're doing an interview here. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah <laughs> we were trying to keep it professional. But, uh, yeah, so the willpower way uh, lasted till about, 
halfway through the interview and then we started yeah. and seriously look i'm I'm, just, I'm gonna read out some um of the tasting notes now just to say the the four sort of you know big well, ones, I think. well basically the first one will be what the nose is in other words how the how it the smells smells the second one will be how it tastes what yep. it tastes like the fruits and the last one is how it feels in your mouth okay okay so um, now we tasted the 2020 Pinot Noir, and it's uh, 45 at this point. It's 45 dollars uh, to purchase from the. Well, we're uh, talking New Zealand dollars, so that that's a bit, you know, a bit of a conversion for everybody as well. So, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But now, anyway, I will, there will be links to the website in in the show notes. So. Yeah. Now, just remembering remembering that um, Central Targo Pinot Noir is probably recognised as the best. Pinot Noir well, in the world. To put this in perspective, um, uh, Central Targo probably produces about one percent of wines in the world. Yeah, yeah, the whole Central Targo, but yeah. this Pinot Noir is world famous. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So you know, think about that. This tiny little, you know, um, production is known in a, all over the world. And you're going to have some proof of that in a minute, actually. But yeah, anyway, yeah, go on, yeah, let's yeah. give some taste. So, Pinot Noir. Okay, let's okay. go. Okay, so the Pinot Noir. It's Fragrant blackberry, dark chocolate, smoky char, and dried herbs. Yum. So that's the smell. The lush entry with sweet, ripe cherry, plum, and dark chocolate. There's nothing there I don't like. With hints of caramel, Yum. spice, and tobacco. Mm, okay. Complex and concentrated with silky palate and long finish. It's just divine. Yeah. Now, the Patangi Pinot Noir, which is a 2021, it's $35 New Zealand. Now, that's fragrant with red berries, plum, mushroom, mm. violets, and Christmas cake spice. Right. Juicy entry with sweet red cherry, blueberry, blackberry, and sweet licorice. Mm. Star which anise. Which is the star yeah. of anise, yeah. yeah. Concentrated with super silky textured with long spiced red fruit finish. Okay, so that's a bit lighter than the yeah. other one. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Um, but Jesus, it is spectacular. Sure. Now, the 2022 Wet Jacket Pinot Gris. Now, Hello. Yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're a little bit biased. Yeah, we love the old <laughs> Pinot Gris. Fragrant with ripe pear, white nectarine, peach, apple blossom, and citrus. Now, the juicy entry with ripe apple, pear, melon, and lemon. Now, it's complex with well-balanced with good concentration and a long, mineral and ripe citrus finish. Divine. We loved it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, 2022 Wet Jacket Blanc. This wasn't bad either, just quietly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just quietly. It's not okay, quite. so... Um, Where would it be wine o'clock? We should uh, be doing a tasting while we're doing this. Yeah, and this is it. We're, we're having a day off today. <laughs> we aren't are. We? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not sure that's going to last. Fragrant with passion fruit, citrus, and white melon mm, with hints mm, of mm. gooseberry and jasmine. Tropical flavors of ripe gooseberry, passion fruit, and lychee. My favorite. Leanne's favorite. Concentrated with bright acidity and long mineral finish. Yeah, that sounds absolutely divine yeah yes. i mean greg sort of did say during the interview that he feels that um his focus is more on mineral rather than aromatic mm -hmm. and but he also said that he believes that 
Pinot Gris is going to become more and more prevalent in uh, Central Otago. In Central Otago. Good to know. Uh, yes. So there's just one yeah. other. Yeah. Now the reason why I'm bringing this up is we did try it. It was a 2021 wet jacket Gerwich Tremor. That's $32 New Zealand. Now, um, oh, Gerwich Tremor to me has always been a bit sweeter, but I'll, it's fragrant with pretty rose petal, mm. guava, Turkish delight, lime zest, and river stone. It's sweet apple and baked pear on entry. Mm. Complex mouth filling and softly textured with nice concentration and long finish with a sweet flourish. Now I have listened to I listened to a uh, there's a podcast called Wine for Normal People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lady's name that uh, has that or owns that or produces that is Elizabeth Snyder. Now she had a a guest on one of her shows, which was I think it was uh, yeah Wine for uh, Normal People episode two hundred and twelve, and her guest was Simone Madden, a grey. Now uh, her. She does podcasts and she she's a Kiwi. She's mm. from Dunedin, so she's a local girl, but she lives in Australia now. And she was very, extremely complimentary of the wet jacket Gerwitz Tremor. Yeah. Extremely. So uh, that's a well, that's a very famous wine podcast um, yeah. out of out of the States. And that's yeah, so this is uh, pretty pretty uh, Incredible to be recognised for that, isn't it? Yeah, well, we, I, I listen to it um, hmm. randomly, I suppose, and there's there's one on... Uh, Central Otago. Well, there's a, basically one on New Zealand wines. New Zealand wines. Hmm. Um, and, um, so wine for normal people. I'll put yeah. a link to that in the, sh in, yeah. the, in the show notes as well. Is that, yeah, is that sure. a good idea, don't you think? Yep. So we're sort of geeking out a bit here on wine tasting and all that, you know, but I guess it is a podcast about wine. Yeah. Uh, but Greg has a pretty unique uh, philosophy about winemaking, doesn't he? Yeah, and this is, uh, I actually got um, Leanne. You asked him, yeah. Yeah, just, Leanne yeah, he, to, he told us this. So. To, um, to ask him this question. Mm. And his response was, I have tried along the way to find horses for courses when it comes to sites for different varieties that we have. We have certain vineyards that produce single varieties such as Sauvignon Blanc from Bannockburn in the past, but Lowburn shortly. And the same with Riesling. The, the Gerwitz Tramina grape are grown in Alexandra. So, yes. and when we spoke to him, he was very uh, adamant that that's the way he likes to do it. He likes to find the best grapes in the areas to make the wines. Yeah, and yeah. he also said, however, to help with texture and complexity and possibly allow more consistency during different seasonal swings, we enjoy blending Pinot Noirs and Gris with different sites throughout the region. Okay. So it's almost like he's got this love of cooking and, and recipes and it's, it's almost like I can see a, a correlation between that and the way... He, yeah, he picks mm, the best ingredients, yeah. i.e. grapes, yeah. from different places, yeah. <clears throat> puts them together. So he's not limited by having his own vineyards. Just his own vineyards, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, look, it's... Um, well, and then, well, yeah, where can we uh, taste this here wine? <laughs> well, we can taste this here wine. Greg's... Uh, so, we're, we're, as you probably, you know, we're, we're in central Otago and 
we're in Queenstown and Greg, we were lucky enough to find out uh, when we spoke to Greg, we had a bit of an inside scoop uh, how he was setting up uh, a new tasting uh, room and right on the uh, Lake Wakatipu. That's the one. And at the marina at Frankton. Yep. And that's where he, that's where the tasting rooms are now. So you can sit there and what, how does he describe looking out? Greg says it feels perfect to be sitting doing tastings, looking across the lake directly at the Remarkables. It is the most southerly wine tasting room in New Zealand and therefore the world and the closest to wet jacket arm in Fiordland. Yeah, so pretty cool. Yeah, and it's just and look that just suits Greg and, as we've come yeah. to know him. And here's a little hint. Um, you can actually hop on the water taxi in Queenstown. It'll drop you right there at the marina. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you can do your wine tasting and you can hop back and buy your wine and you can hop back on that little water taxi. If you don't have a car or you don't want to take a normal taxi, it's much shorter, much cheaper, and you get the views all the way around as well. So yeah. I think it's perfect. It is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, good one, Greg. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, uh, so that's where you can taste it if you're there, right? What what about if you can't get to Queenstown and you want to buy the wine? Okay, know, so. so you can go to, on their website, which is... All and I'm the, going to put a link to that in the show notes that you go to the description on the play you're listening on now and click on the link to the episode and all the information about uh, Wet Jacket Wine will be there, including how you can buy it, yes, online. Yeah, yep. and yeah, so it's yeah, uh, the website, all the W's, wetjacket.nz. Uh, you order online. You, now... You can order in Australia. It's either a nine or a fifteen bottle case. Mm. Um, they now, also have a you know people that have a subscription. There's is called you can be, become a provador. Yeah, that's correct. And that means you get two um, deliveries a year. Yeah, two two cases. And now this is be- in New Zealand. I'm not sure you know about other parts of the world, but you could find that out by no, emailing. No, you can. I've oh, actually, oh. yeah, okay. So oh, the, the Wet Jacket Providors um, commit to purchase two cases per year. They come in May and November, obviously, depending on um, the harvesting, I suppose, that comes down to it. Now, there's 12 bottle cases in New Zealand. Yes. And 15 for Australia. Okay. So I don't know why they've got 15 bottles. And you can wait thing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, free freight in New Zealand and Australia. Mm-hmm. Now the freight, oh, I looked it up, and it was about a hundred bucks mm-hmm. for a carton of fifteen. Like it was the same for about a, a carton of twelve and fifteen. But what else being a provador does that get you though? Okay, um, and or or rather than just uh, wait for them to send what they think's good, you can actually customize your own selection. Okay. The subscription fee great. unlocks the follow. Rewards, access to older vintages, first look at new releases, invitation to Providore events. Obviously, that's going to be much easier if you live on the South Island. And priority. We go. We get invited. Yeah. If we, there we go. Greg, if you invite <laughs> us, we'll be there, mate. Uh, priority bookings for tasting. Additional wine purchases will unlock further rewards, including catered dinners and vineyard tours, and even at the penultimate level, your own personal journey into wet jacket arm. That, that would be absolutely spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wow. uh, and I'm not but gonna, I'm not gonna, it's not beg. gonna be a surprise. We're not begging. <laughs> no, 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 it's not gonna be a surprise, but I am gonna um, 
do want to order uh, for your Christmas present for this year. Perfect. Well, um, so uh, thank you. Well, and they, 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 before we finish up too, um, they also have got this new sort of idea that they've been doing for a while now. And it's, uh, it's only in New Zealand, but we are talking to Greg about trying to maybe do something in, in Australia and uh, and it's like virtual tastings. Yeah, and, it's a great idea. Yeah, so, you you know, they've got uh, six little 200 ml bottles of wine that they send out. Yeah. You buy those and then they do the online tasting, you know, with one of their... their um, one of the crew. One of the crew. Yeah. And uh, what a fabulous idea. Yeah, it's know? $50, $50, $50 yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, and as Leanne said, you, it, it, those six bottles that they sent out, um, There's basically enough for four a, tastings, like so for four. Well, I can know. Well, I thought it was six, but anyway, that, yeah. that, that, that's well, six, smokes and mirrors. I well, suppose. if it's us, it's two people. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty fair. I'd say that's really <laughs> accurate. Now, the other, the, probably the other thing that Greg really was quite, probably not so important, but it was important to us. We asked him where was a good place to go out for dinner. Well. We did, but you might have forgot. We actually asked him a few places, and we're going to bring talk about this in in another podcast about Arrowtown. Yeah, but he gave us some really good recommendations there, and um, some really great ones, obviously in Queenstown, including we actually went straight back and went there for dinner that um, night. That night, and and it was like a pretty brand new restaurant. So yeah, it was only open a couple of months. Yeah, so we were we were keen to go and check that out, and we went early, so we got a really great table, and it's called Soda, right on the waterfront. Yeah. Upstairs with million-dollar views. Yeah. And I've got some amazing photos of of that restaurant and the views as, as well, um, and including the views of uh, from Wet Jacket Wines um, tasting room and the remarkables that they look at as well. So in the podcast description, you're listening on, or you play, you're li- listening on, go to the description and the link to episode 78 will be there. But Soda, sorry. Um, yeah, soda, soda was uh, like it's right on the right on the edge of uh, Lake. Wakatipu. 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 Actually. Yeah, no, don't. Let's go. Don't even go there. Well, I Please. actually, no. Trapper told us how to oh, actually no. say Please. Lake Wakatipu right. the correct way. Yeah, but you're not going to say it now. It's a family show. Please. <laughs> Get anyway, on with it. I'm pointing at the book and and, and yeah, frowning at yeah, it because yeah, it's yeah. about. Look, the really... decor was uh, basically like there was a central bar. Yeah. And the decor was magnificent. Sort was... of sage green and soft pinks. Yeah, it was just beautiful mm. pastel pink. Yeah, I would have said. But the but outside, they were they've got big outdoor area as well. Yeah, yeah, beautiful yep, 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 area. Yep. Now, okay, we, the yep. meal. Mm. Yeah, I yep. had for an entree duck liver pate and cured apple. Mm. And I had uh, an, our waitress, her name was... She was, was a lovely girl from France. Innes, yeah, yeah. She was from Lyon, France. Yeah. And she said, are you going to have bread? And I thought, well, don't yeah. the bread come with it, but it, it with the pate because it normally does. But no. Uh, so I ordered fire-roasted bread and terra sancta olive oil balsamic. Seriously, you had some. It was beautiful, this mm. bread. And mm. it was done in like a pizza oven. And I, I, like, I'm so glad she recommended uh, it. Yeah, she recommended it. Leon had, as always, the jamon abirico de sebo. Um, that's so the, the Iberian ham. Yeah, basically the Spanish yeah, yeah, ham. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Leon said she loved it. Uh, we For a main course, we shared a plate. Mm. And it was the Walter Peak lamb oyster shoulder. Romesco mint salsa mm. PX juice. Now I don't know what the PX juice. Jus. 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 Well, yeah, jus. Okay. 
Look, French, seriously. Mate. Yeah, look, it was 95 bucks. Yeah, it was but a, that's really, when you think about it, that like you're paying not, about 40 it's New bucks. New Zealand dollars, so it's a little bit. Yeah, so price. like it's not. It's not cheap, but seriously, the food well was worth and, every cent. And also, what was what the wine list had wet jacket wine. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we had another Pinot Gris. We, we did. It was we probably should have had a red, but yeah. it was just yeah. So that was, and that's the the advantage of talking to locals. They know all the information of where to go as well. So thanks, Greg, for that recommendation. Yeah, and yeah. I just fell in love with Innes's French accent. Yeah, I she remember did. her. Yeah. She was lovely. So yeah, Greg, yeah. hats off. It was perfect. It was a, it was actually the perfect uh, cap to a great day. Yeah. So this is you know to, to finish off and um, you know as we said uh, earlier in in the podcast you know if if you would like your business wine region tourism place travel aid whatever to you know to be a feature on our podcast uh, hit me up at Leanne L E A N E at beachtravelwine.com or um, just send us a message on Instagram. But, Lyle, there wasn't that many places that we actually had a wine, but, you know. Had... Oh, we did was drink wine I know, and but tastings. The, yeah. Oh, where was the best? Look, I'm going to say uh, soda. I, I was blown away. I reckon it's probably one of the, mm. the best restaurants I've ever been to. Yeah, it was nice. Well, I, and I just, you know, like having. And trying... the fact that it was wet jacket Pinot Gris. Yeah. Well, I was just, you know, like. Actually, speaking to to Greg, who you know is so passionate about winemaking, but also the conservation that he does, and just being able to chat with him like he was an old mate was such a such a privilege. And then to sit there and try the wines that you know have basically he's developed, you know, with his winemaking friends and all and all his experience. Just just enjoying having a wine with with him was pretty was my favourite. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I like it was. It was uh, like he was so charismatic and, yeah. and such a nice and welcoming man. You know? So check out Wet Jacket Wines. Um, I will put a link in the show notes to their website because they've got all the conservation stuff as well as you know the the wines that you can buy and even the, the labels and the history of the whole story. And you know, it's it's a fascinating um, wine region and the story that goes with it's amazing so yeah. well actually the story that goes with it actually i think makes the 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 actual podcast so much more interesting I than hope just so. doing I a hope. um a podcast on a winery oh, yes. I, I thought however it was great. we we've our next we've got another podcast coming up you know um about a wine tour we did and like there's lots of different wineries in in that as well in the same region but there's that there's a whole different there's from churches to tin sheds to you know, some amazing little places that you uh, we went. So until then, uh, it's goodbye from me. Uh, arrivederci. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>